0: Episode 92 on A Mindset on Things Above, Choosing an Emotional Baseline. My takeaways from the Barney documentary. Welcome to A Mindset on Things Above, the coaching podcast that helps believers live life to the full while keeping their mind set on things above. I'm your host, Katie Chavez, certified life coach and founder of Raise the Bar Life Coaching. I'm so thankful you're here as I am on a mission each week to encourage, coach, exhort, and edify believers with scripture as well as personal life applications and coaching tools you can implement immediately to start seeing a positive change in your life. Be sure to subscribe so you can get weekly episodes right in your favorite place where you listen to podcasts. And finally, if this episode challenges or encourages you, would you just do me a favor and share it with a friend? It means the world to me when you help share this resource with others so they can live their best life too. All right, now let's get on to today's episode. Okay. We are live and recording for the workshop we've all been waiting for. And that is some really interesting things that I took away from watching the most recent Barney documentary. Came out mid-October of 2022. And uh, I was interested because I grew up watching Barney. I liked Barney a lot. He's my best friend. And I didn't know what all the hubbub was about people hating Barney and why he was so deserving of such extreme hatred. And I just couldn't wrap my mind around what that could possibly be. Why would people hate Barney so much? And uh, so I watched the documentary, of course. And you don't have to, but I am just going to, you don't have to have seen the documentary. If you're curious, go watch it. It's on Peacock. It's called I Love You, You Hate Me. All about Barney. I also didn't know that Barney had like a 20-year run. He was founded in 1988 and was canceled in 2010. 2010. So here is a quick... Recap of what the documentary talks about, so that we can talk about what I want to share with you today. So buckle up, hang tight. Here we go. In 1988, Cheryl Leach is raising her two-year-old son from home, and he's a busybody. He's all over the place, adventurous, um, getting into things, and there's not a lot of options as far as entertainment like movies or videos or tv shows um for kids uh, of that age back in 1988 there was one video cassette at the video rental store that actually held his attention and she thought cheryl thought like why can't i take elements of this video that my son patrick loves and he just wants to watch over and over and over again on repeat 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 Why can't I take elements and um, Cheryl has an education, a background in education and add some educational things and make my own video. She's like, it can't be that hard. So um, out of a desire to entertain and educate her son, Barney was born. Barney um, was created in and. Went on video in 1988. It's when he started, and Patrick loved it. He loved it, and it was the new video that he and over a couple of years, millions of other two, three year olds would watch incessantly on repeat again and again and again. Um, I think so. I was born in '89, so I was a couple years old in the 90s when I like 93, 92, I don't know when I would watch Barney, when I watch Barney. So Barney's born, um, Cheryl's son, Patrick loves Barney. So do millions of other little tykes all over the world. Yes, Barney made an impact worldwide. I didn't know that. And so parents though, not so much. Parents are like Barney is the bane of my existence like Barney is created for two and three year olds he's not a show that parents or adults could take any enjoyment out of whatsoever at all so parents are like get me out of here just put it on for the kids get me out I can't stand it Um, in fact they hate him like adults parents hate Barney like hate him with a passion He captivates, he not only captivates the hearts of their children, but parents start to hate Barney because Barney is taking their place, showing care and attention and like making eye contact with kids and talking about feelings and being unconditionally inclusive and loving and not that parents aren't those things, but The purpose of Barney was to entertain kids while parents, while Cheryl was taking care of the house, like she was staying at home and now building Barney. And so one dad in particular was traveling for work, was away from home. And when he came back, his two-year-old daughter was transfixed on Barney and completely absorbed with Barney. He thought when he came home, she would come running and say, Daddy, Daddy, I'm so glad you're home. Like, welcome home. I love you. I miss you. But that wasn't the case. She was fixated on Barney. And that hurt. This dad. He was hurt and offended that Barney was more important than Daddy. So this guy, I don't remember I I didn't write his name, but he started a secret society for Parents of Barney Addicts. It was TIHBSS, the I Hate Barney Secret Society. Yep. And for 50 cents, you could get this newsletter and be a part of this society for Barney Addicts. People of Barney Addicts. And this guy generated $3,500 in the span of six weeks. Because so many people had subscribed to the society... He made so much money for fifty cents. Anyway, that's like seven thousand people writing in to say, "Sign me up! I can't stand this Barney character." Before long, there's a thing called Barney bashing, where, um, and it's prevalent like everywhere, all over. There were these events where people would come together for the purpose of bashing Barney and like taking out their hatred on this character who is loving and kind and compassionate and um, empathetic and and inclusive to everybody and all the things and so that included like chopping and punching and smashing and taking hammers and burning and sawing in half and pinatas and like uh, actual fights Because of the hatred that people felt towards this character. I did not know. I didn't know that. (laughs) And I'm kind of glad that I... Because they talked about... Can you imagine your best friend... Seeing your best friend. Somebody that you've built a relationship with. You're two or three or four years old. You. This is your best friend, maybe your first friend. Can you imagine seeing them being like torn apart and mutilated and tortured? How crushing would that be for you as a child to see that happen to this character that you love and adore and is the world to you? Because to some kids, he was. So even it went so far as members of... The Barney cast, the creators, producers, music writers received hate mail. And when the internet, the World Wide Web became a thing and email started happening, started existing, these Barney haters existed on the web. And members of the Barney cast received hate mail and death threats. From strangers on the internet. And in the documentary, one of the cast members was like, what? I don't understand. What would motivate somebody to send an email with threats of disembodiment to them and their family? What would motivate somebody to do that? A, a, a high, predominantly high school students. Are who were sending these emails of death threats, disembodiment to the cast and their family. It was awful. It was horrible. And this guy was like, what would motivate somebody to do that? A a, a high school student. I just don't understand. It was awful. So Cheryl is building this um, Barney Not a foundation. She's building Barney and traveling all over the world, taking Barney everywhere. And Patrick begins to grow older. He's not a toddler forever, so he's growing and Barney is growing. And in 2000, uh, yeah, 2001 in 1998, Mr. and Mrs. Leach, they've had it and they get a divorce. Um, Patrick is like 18 now and Mr. Leach takes his life takes his own life. Patrick is 18 Barney is everywhere. Um, Patrick has had everything he's ever wanted because Barney has provided that for their family Um, and that that's something um, that I just want to mention but I'm not talking about today is the misconception or the belief that we have about how riches and wealth is destructive and destroys people, marriages, families, lives. That was one thing that was communicated in the documentary of how destructive the wealth that they had accumulated with Barney was not good for them. I thought that was really interesting. That we would communicate that and like make that a fact and now how many of us are operating from the belief that you know wealth just leads to ruin and if you're rich like you're probably an evil person because it leads to suicide and it leads to kids like living troubled lives and it doesn't end well and it's a two a double edged sword it's a two-sided coin Okay, we'll save that for another day. So Patrick is a teenager and so yeah, some have said that the wealth they had was not good. Wasn't good for Patrick or for Mr. Leach. Like he lost his motivation, his drive, desire because he didn't have to work and he wasn't the... And remember like back in the 90s, um, baby boomers are raising small children like raising families and there's a very traditional mindset I think we've we have different ideas today versus the mindset that we had um, back in the 90s of how the man is the breadwinner and he goes out and provides for the family and he has the job and the wife stays home and raises the kids and build, like builds the the home and so that just really went against the grain of what society accepted as the norm and the traditional way of like having a family, raising a family, being married and what roles each spouse plays. And so as Cheryl was building Barney and Jim, that was his name, Jim Leach. Didn't have, he wasn't the bre- the breadwinner, he wasn't out working to provide for the family. It just led to issues in their marriage and tension in their marriage and yeah who's to say ultimately that that is what led to him taking his own life (sighs) fame and riches are a two-sided coin how many of us have aversions to wealth of this kind thinking that when um someone gains fame and riches like it only leads to one thing and it's not good How many of us think that because of stories like this? I think it's unfortunate. Um, So they said that Patrick was raised with basically anything he ever wanted and we think that that's bad. Um, I'm not really going deep into this because I want to talk about something else emotional baselines, but it's only bad if it's not used constructively and we let it control our lives. We let circumstances, things that happen as a result um, of events in the world or experiences we have, like if we live passively and allow circumstances to dictate our life and we live passively like flying by the seat of our pants and we don't... um, Get help or practice self-control or manage our mind or use intention, then yes, things can go astray. But that's not a blanket statement to throw over every situation having to do with wealth and fame and riches. Does that make sense? We can't just throw a blanket statement like, well, this always happens and that's not good for anybody or everybody so anyway i just thought man that kind of just boils my blood a little bit to assume like make assumptions and throw blanket statements out and spread this belief that wealth and fame and riches lead to destruction which is kind of what we're gonna talk about here shortly so patrick had a lot to contend with is what um someone said in the documentary yeah like It led him to wear a bulletproof vest as part of his daily attire. I just can't even imagine the teasing and bullying and hatred that Patrick like had to deal with. That just, it was a circumstance outside of his control that was inflicted on him as a result of Barney and people's attitudes about Barney. So here's Patrick like growing up and he just this is happening to me. This is happening to me He has to put up with teasing and bullying and hatred and all of this And I just wonder like what does somebody do with that? What does somebody do with all of this non-stop growing up with targeted hatred at you and teasing about your family and what you're involved with. What does that do to a person? What do you do with that? How do you deal with it? Put up with it? Accept it? How do you process that? Do you get revenge? How do you feel better about this happening to you all Through your teen years, at least. Do you grow bitter over it? What is the impact of this teasing and bullying and threatening? So what is the effect of all this on a person in their formative years of life? What if we don't know that we can have different? What if I am experiencing something in my life? That is a circumstance. So it's out of my control. I don't know. Is that debatable? Is it really outside of his control? We'll say it is. He's a teenager. What how much can he do as a child growing up with Barney as a brother and his mom Cheryl being the mother of Barney. That's what she was known as the mother of Barney and Barney is Patrick's brother. What if we have we're living in a situation in a circumstance that's outside of our control and we just think this is it. This is my life. I have to deal with this somehow. I have to accept this because this is what's dealt to me. This is this is my life. I can't do anything about it. What if we don't know That we can have different this is what I thought was so interesting if we're bogged down by circumstances when we don't know what we don't know we're left to do the best with what we've got to do the best with what we do know well this is what's happening to me incessant threats teasing bullying This is what I know. So I'm just going to do the best I can with it. Especially if I don't know that I can have different. I don't have to have this. But if that thought isn't available to you, then here we are just doing the best with what we're dealing with, with what life seems to be dishing out at us. So investigators said about Patrick that he was, paranoid and tightly wound. And when I believe my current state of being as a result of trauma experienced, something happened in my life to me in my life, or a hardship, when I think that my current state of being as a result of this is just normal, like this is just normal for me, then I won't be inspired or motivated to pursue something different. I've just come to accept that this is how my life is. This is what I've got. This is the best I can do. This is my greatest potential. So I won't be inspired to have different than what I've got. Does that make sense? And when uptight, outbursts, anger, feeling out of control is normal to me, Why would I see it as like not desired? This is my normal. Why would I not want this? Why would I see my normal as inferior? This is my life. This is normal to me. So why would I see this as inferior or undesired? Why should I have a reason to change if if this is my baseline? So we have accepted... Um, These as our emotional baseline and that we go back to and stay at we go back if we if we divert from it if we get off the tracks. This is my comfort zone. This is what I know. This is what I grew up with. This is what I accept as my normal. So I'm going to go back to that and stay there. I'm going to keep myself there. Why should I have different. This is my normal. So, I'm just going to offer some hypotheticals because I don't know about Patrick. But I think Patrick could have gotten help for what he was going through. Like I say, I don't know if he did. They didn't make that clear in the documentary. I think that Patrick could have gotten help for what he was going through. The circumstances in his life of being traumatized and threatened and bullied and hated on and teased horribly so much so that he wore a bulletproof vest just like that's what I wear that's what I do to protect himself because I'm being threatened with my life on a daily basis so Patrick could have gotten help for what he was going through this ultimately Of course, it's up to him. Okay, gotta move my phone. The decision to get help would be up to him. As it is to us. It's up to you. Nobody's forcing you. Um, Nobody's like, tell, maybe people are telling. (laughs) Nowadays, maybe people are telling you like, hey, you should get help. And that's not a bad thing. But ultimately, it's up to you to get the help. It's up to him. Um, so I don't even know if it's been offered. Um, but in about 2015, Patrick drove his car. Um, he's in Florida now. I, I'm, I don't know where I'm at at this point. I'm 2015. I'm back at home. I'm working. I'm 20 something. I, I just don't watch the news or it wasn't. On the news where I'm from. When this happened in 2015, Patrick is driving his car after his neighbor who just approached his property. And Patrick fires five shots at his neighbor. Just pulls it out in five shots. And then, so his neighbor is being helped. Another neighbor comes out, helps the guy who got shot by Patrick. And... Here's what also irks me, that people had the nerve to say, how could someone, Patrick, who comes from the Barney family, Barney is so loving and inclusive and he's the best thing ever. How could somebody who comes from the Barney family do such a thing, shoot another person? That just like drives me nuts that we judge and place expectations on people that don't belong there. We are people. We're human. Uh, okay. Don't do that. Patrick went to jail and was released in 2020. So... In the documentary, they talked about how people hate what they don't understand. And Barney, who was so warm and loving and inclusive and giving, became the object of our resentment to the childhood that we never had. Um, Basically, he was encroaching on any 70s kids' upbringing because that's not what was portrayed like in movies or because Barney is new. Like, nothing like this had ever been around. Barney had nothing broken about him. Um, And so as a society, we learned that it felt really good to express our experience without words. So when we feel emotion, like strong emotion, um, whatever, it feels really good to process that and express that without words. By bashing Barney, by bashing parties. Like, let's just take out our rage and our frustration and our resentment about the childhood that we never had. Let's take it out on this perfect image. It just felt so good. So there was even a jihad to destroy Barney. A pop culture expert said that as a society, we have so much unexpressed resentment and emotion That we are lousy to talk about. We don't label our emotions that we're feeling. We don't talk about it. Um, As a society, we're just really lousy at that. No, duh. (laughs) And I would add to the point of seeing taking our own life as a better option than acknowledging our emotion and talking about it. We would rather just take our life than talk about our emotion. Like we see that as a better option. Wow. So many people um, don't even have the words to express what they went through, which is why violence feels so satisfying. We don't know how to identify our emotions, to put into words what we're feeling we don't know how, so violence just is the most satisfying option. After learning what happened to the Leach family and what Patrick had done, I realized that when you don't have an emotional baseline, you don't know when you've diverted from it. You don't know what is due for getting help. What is like a signal or a sign? Hey, I should probably get some help because we just take everything and we accept it as normal. This is normal. I can't have different. I, why should I aspire for something different than what I have? This is my normal. And you won't know when it's time to get help until something jars you that is beyond normal for you. Or if you don't know that you can have different, you won't be inspired to like, seek help to get that different. If you don't know, that's available for you. Um, it could be that Patrick didn't know to get help because he didn't recognize anything out of the ordinary. This is just my life. This is how I deal with my life. This is how I process what's going on. Violence is the answer. His experience of life, his emotions are just the cards that we've been dealt, that have been dealt to him. And he's just doing the best that he knows how to do on his own. So, um, oh, as, oh yeah, as everyone who participated in the secret society, like everybody's just trying to do the best with what they know to do. Supporting acts of hatred And even basing our identity around the thing that we hate are ways that we've tried to deal with our emotions, with our experiences of our life, of our past. And when we haven't been shown what is available, we opt for what we've got and even settle for it as being our best experience of life when we don't know that we can have different than what we've got. We just accept this is the best that I'm going to experience in my life. This is the best that life has to offer. I got to wear a bulletproof vest every day. This is normal. Why should I go after something different? If I don't see that as being available for me. So Before we can aspire to a new or desired baseline, other than what we've maybe been doing the best with for much of our lives, what have you accepted as normal in your own life? Okay, now we're going to get nitty gritty. (laughs) For me, it was angry and frustrated. I defaulted to anger and frustration all the time. And I always felt angry and frustrated about something. That was my emotional baseline. That was my emotional home that I lived in for a long time. That's how I processed my life, my circumstances. Let me just be mad and angry because there's nothing I can do about it. Or it's not what I want. So I'm just going to be frustrated instead of do something about it. (laughs) I accepted that as my normal and maybe you've never stopped to consider what you're feeling. You've just been so busy reacting to what you're feeling. Maybe you've never stopped to consider because yeah, whatever it is that's driving you to the actions that you take, which is just your way of processing. It's the best that you know. You do what feels good. And maybe that is drinking, eating, binging uh doing things in excess, TV, whatever, bashing, having outbursts, avoiding situations, um, stressing and worrying about things. What do you do um, as a way of processing how you feel, which is what we've never acknowledged before. I've never stopped to recognize what I'm feeling. I just act on how I feel. I drink, I eat, I watch. I indulge, I avoid, I buffer, because that's what makes me feel better or that temporarily satisfies um, what I'm feeling. So this may just be your way of processing what you feel. Uh, so first, like, acknowledge what it is you're feeling or that you're avoiding to feel. I really don't wanna feel hopeless. So I opt for anger. I'm angry because I'm trying to cover up that I really feel hopeless. Sometimes emotions um, are like layers and we have to get to the bottom or we can do some looking at what our baseline is and we act from there. So name it, define it. What is the emotion you feel or are running away from feeling? I don't want to feel... Um, like a failure that's just oh my gosh it's the end of the world if I feel like a failure or if I feel hopeless that I just can't handle that so I react with anger to things and that's how I avoid the um the root issue of feeling hopeless or thinking for example that was my example so the expert again on it was a pop culture expert she said that we suck at labeling and naming what we're feeling And we're even worse at talking about it. And I say so much so that we think taking our lives is the best way to just fix everything. Like that is the best option rather than talk about what we're feeling and even process our emotions. So write it out. What do you feel? What are you feeling when you're acting? That's another way to kind of figure out we're not good at expressing our emotions and we don't have words to express what we've gone through. So violence just is so soothing and so satisfying because it helps me feel better about what I can't express. Put words to. We're going to do our best. So when you are acting out, when you are binging, like watching 19 hours of TV, whatever your way of coping and processing Like consider why am I feeling this way or what is the emotion that is driving me to do this? Whatever. I don't need to repeat myself, (laughs) smoke, eat, drink, whatever. Uh, And what is normal for you? What is normal? What have you accepted as this is just my life? This is the best I can do. This is what I do. This is normal for me. And Now that we have this idea, I would encourage you to write it out. It's better to get it on paper and out of your mind so you can see it. And we're working on labeling and identifying anyway. So get it out on paper. And before we jump to deciding where I want to be now and creating a new emotional baseline, before we go there, first I want to... Suggests that you get an example that you see already in existence. So find an example of um, a role model, um, a public figure, like maybe somebody you look up to who is an example of what's possible. Emotion wise, who's already modeling it. Barney said that anything is possible when you use your imagination. And I want to suggest that you consider doing this first because we've already limited ourselves by accepting this as our baseline. Like we could be here. Okay, I'm recording on my podcast. We could be at one level, but instead we're on a Lower level. We don't know what is possible, and we've already accepted the lower level. We've placed a limitation on ourselves when we've made our normal like acceptable. We limit ourselves. So on a scale of one to ten, I might be at a three and think that five is the ultimate, five is the best, five is the best, like. There's nothing beyond five. I might think that. But when you see an example of what's possible emotion wise, say in a role model or a mentor, somebody that's like, wow, is that possible for me? I thought five was amazing, but that would be like a 20 trillion. Oh my gosh. So now you have something to um compare against i guess but if you don't consider what's possible you're gonna settle for less than your greater potential less than what you're capable of because we're not gonna see that 20 trillion is possible for us we're gonna settle for five now from where you're at to where it's possible, because you've seen it modeled in another human being, if they can do it, that means it's possible for you. You might think two steps forward is all that you're capable of, but because there is a role model showing what is possible for you, because they're doing it, um, from where you're at to what is possible for you, to get to as our new normal, there are only thoughts standing in your way. Because the five that you maybe originally would have thought is the best I'm able to do. is my greatest potential. Between five and 20 trillion, that's modeled in as an example through another human being. Why would you not pick that? only because of what you think about it. I can't have that. That's not possible. Fame and riches lead to ruin. What your thoughts about that example, that's all that is between where you're at and where you could be. Your thoughts and what you think about it, literally. But it's not simply a matter of exchanging your thoughts for different ones. Like, oh, I'll ju- instead of thinking this, I'll say a little affirmation um, and it'll make it all better. Often all that does is make us feel like we're faking it, like trying to fake it till we make it because it doesn't feel true. It feels disingenuous, like that's not reality. So I can't just substitute thoughts. I can't simply just switch what I'm thinking and change my thoughts like that feels fake. And it is <laughs> it doesn't feel real. So yes, all it is our thoughts between where you're at and where you want to be like making it possible for you to create that as your reality how you think about yourself the actions you take stopping one thing doing another thing is all what you're thinking about it. So it comes down to your thoughts. Yes, but we need to do the work of disbelieving the stories that we've told ourselves about our abilities, about our past, our experiences, and create belief in our ability. True belief. Okay, like belief that you feel because it's not fake in what's possible for us in our future. And that we can have it. So the work of disbelieving the stories that we've known to be true and told ourselves about our life and our past and our experiences work on disbelieving that seeing it differently understanding it differently than what we've told ourselves about it and create belief in our ability in what's possible for us in our future that we can have it so it's a beautiful exchange of your thoughts letting go of you because we don't let go of our thoughts our thoughts have a way of letting go of us and the new thoughts that you desire take place the thoughts that you want to be true for you that you want to believe will take root And grow and become reality for you as we do this work and part of that is taking actions in life that reveal to you that your new thought is true so before you know it um you don't fly off the handle anymore you don't reach for a drink anymore you don't have the urge to do and behave and act like you once used to because your beliefs are changing and your thoughts, your new thoughts are becoming real for you. Okay, so if this is something, uh, if this is something you'd like to do for yourself, I want to implore you, yes, implore you to consider coaching with me for the next year. Yeah, it might just be thoughts that are like between where you are and where you want to go. And the thoughts that you have are what are driving your actions and your feelings. And we want to do that differently so we can create our desired result in our life. But coaching is a relationship um, between you and I where I get to ask you challenging questions uh, to help you recognize or reconsider what you think is normal and why. Why is this your best? Why is this all you could do? Like what is stopping you from aspiring for the 20 trillion? Or the example that is you see is possible through another human being in the world? Why not go after that? What are your thoughts? And then help you with your thoughts around what's possible for you. Um... What you and you've okay, I can't even read my writing what you've uh, established as your emotional baseline and help you create those neural pathways in your brain. So you know how to not go back to your old way of being that is so huge when you have learned and you now have the skill to continue moving forward. That's where anything becomes possible. Because you continue to move forward because you know how to not go back to where you once were. Because you've gotten that skill and I help you with that through coaching. And when you hold different or new thoughts in your mind and you take actions from this new way of being, your belief, the thing that you once only thought was possible and you only believed was available, like that will be your reality. That will become true for you because you're going to see that you're acting differently because your thoughts are new and they're taking root and they're becoming real. That's so fun. That's so amazing. So if you're ready to take this step in creating a new emotional baseline, maybe closer to an example of what you see is possible, yes, you can have that. You don't have to think that. Five is the best that you can do. So I do want to say that it took a worldwide pandemic for to show us that we could all use a little bit of help sometimes and to make it okay to get help, like safe to get help. It took a worldwide pandemic to like put us all on the same page and make it okay to get mental help, emotional help. And it showed us the value of mental and emotional well-being. And I was once too prideful to ask for help and it got me nowhere but stuck and not any closer to where I wanted to be in my life, which I thought I could do on my own. So you don't have to put on a front. You don't have to pretend like everything is fine. Like in a pandemic. Everything's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's fine. It's all fine. And that you've got it all together. You don't have to act like you do, like you're strong. It's okay and safe to explore your thoughts and emotions, because a lot of times we don't want to. We don't think it's safe. We don't think it'll lead to something good. We're afraid we'd rather process our emotions through unhealthy, destructive habits even violence like wow we'd rather do that but it is okay and safe to explore your thoughts and emotions and together through coaching you can step into the version of yourself that you only thought lived in your imagination so I do have my um my calendar linked in the notes I'm gonna comment it below so it's available for you when you are ready book a consult And let's talk and get this ball rolling for the next year. Okay?